0: Well, good morning, Adam Brook. <laughs> it's so good to be here with you. Um, hey, if you're a guest with us this morning, I want to give you a warm welcome. Just so glad that you're here. Uh, we know you could have been doing something else today, and yet you chose to be here. We're a very welcoming church. We don't care, um, you know, what you look like. We don't care how many tattoos you have. We don't care what you're wearing this morning. We're just glad you're wearing something. All right. We're just excited that uh, you're here. We're a very open, welcoming church to everybody, to all people, so much so that even Packer fans are allowed here, Um, all right? Uh, So if that tells you something about our heartbeat, uh, I want to tell you, though, just for coming out uh, this morning. Series, can you guys hear me? There we are. All right. Uh, we're kicking off a new series, What If You Prayed? And here's my hope. My hope for us is that this won't just be another series that we're jumping into this morning. My hope is that God would spark something historic in the life of our church. That what if each and every one of us every day began to pray and began to pray together? Uh, imagine with me if, if you would, if we would wake up each and every day and just go to God in prayer and pray prayers like, God, fill me with your spirit. Empower me today to love others, to love my neighbor and those at work. And then imagine if as a church we prayed for one another and, and prayed prayers for healing Prayed for physical healing, even mental and emotional healing for people's lives. And we prayed for each other's jobs and finances and prayed for people to be salt and light. Prayed for our kids and school. And then if we wanted to get really crazy, imagine if we began praying as a church that this next year we would lead 200 more people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. How awesome would that be? Okay? And I believe God loves it when we pray these kinds of prayers. I believe he would honor these kinds of prayers. By the way, uh, Wednesday afternoons, if, if you're not uh, serving in our Iwana or our SWAP ministry, there is a prayer team led by Paula Erickson where they pray these kinds of prayers. And maybe you would want to join that team. Because I believe God wants us to be a praying church. What if Edinburgh became known as the church that prays? Prays together and prays For our community, God loves to answer our prayers, but I have a problem. Um, I've prayed prayers before that have not been answered. I've prayed for healing and I've prayed for jobs and I've prayed for things like that that just haven't happened. And sometimes it feels like I'm just talking to myself. Maybe some of you can relate to that, but I would tell you that in the last few years, my belief in God and my faith in prayer has never been higher because of how I've seen God move, primarily through this ministry here at Edinburgh Church. I love something Jesus says in Matthew 7. He says, so if you sinful people, that is you flawed people, if you sinful people, you know how to give good gifts to your children How much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? Not bad gifts, good gifts to those who ask Him. Jesus here says we have a heavenly Father who loves to give good gifts, just as we earthly fathers love to give good gifts to our children. Um, This last summer, Danielle and I had the opportunity to go up north and stay at a cabin for a week and we got up there and we had someone that was staying at our house house sitting for us and they called us up and said hey just want you to know uh, your daughter Michaela's hamster got out of the cage okay escaped the cage and is somewhere in the house I haven't been able to find this hamster and so Danielle kind of was panicking she looked at me the hamster's out of the cage I was like I don't care It's a hamster. It's a rodent. Not like our dog ran away here, right? Uh, Now, before you call PETA on me, okay, um, I did care about the the hamster enough to say, hey, why don't you put some food and some water out so at least it has something to eat and drink while we're gone. I kind of forgot about the hamster, but as soon as we got home, Michaela looks at me and says, Daddy, will you help me to find my hamster? Okay, I was tired. I just wanted to unwind, but what do you think I spent the next four hours of my life doing? Looking for this rodent. <laughs> All right, we couldn't find it. I mean, we turned over every piece of furniture, looking under beds. I mean, it, it, turning over everything we could to try to find this hamster. Finally, we couldn't find it. And so I just said it was getting dark. It was time for bed. I said, listen, let's just set a trap, you know, this safe trap and put some food under it. Maybe uh, we set about 10 of these throughout the house. Maybe we'll catch the hamster. Woke up the next morning. None of the traps had had fallen, um, but I did find a trail uh, of crumbs leading into the laundry room, and so I followed it into the laundry room. Sure enough, I looked behind the dryer, and there was Kiwi the hamster, and so Michaela came and grabbed Kiwi and couldn't have been more thankful, yeah, that we found little Kiwi. Now, why did I do that? It was not because of the hamster. Now, it might have been partly because I didn't want something smelling up our house, uh, but it was mainly because my daughter looked at me and said, Dad, will you help me to find this hamster? Okay? What Jesus is saying in Matthew 7 is listen, if you, you sinful, selfish parents, are willing to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father, who is not sinful, who is not selfish, want to give good gifts? to his children, but did you catch that? Good gifts to those who ask him. And that's the key. We've, we've got to ask God. And so I've been doing that a lot these past couple years. God, you say you love to give good gifts. And so I've been going to God, and I've just been asking for good gifts, good gifts for myself, good gifts for my family, good gifts for you. Came across this story in Isaiah 37. Love this story. It's, it's a powerful story uh, about prayer. Uh, But it's about a king named Hezekiah. And just to really quickly set the story up, Hezekiah is king uh, in Jerusalem over over Judah. And the, the Assyrian army is coming to attack this little nation of Israel, this little nation of Judah. And the Assyrians, the most powerful army in the world, most powerful nation at this time, they send a messenger ahead of them. And this is what the messenger says. This message is for King Hezekiah of Judah. Don't let your God, in whom you trust, deceive you with promises that Jerusalem will not be captured by the king of Assyria. You know perfectly well what the king of Assyria has done wherever he has gone. He has crushed everyone who has stood in his way. Why should you be any different? Have the gods of the other nations rescued them? Nations like Gozan, Haran, others. The Assyrians have destroyed them all. He's just taunting King Hezekiah here. He goes on to say, what God, lowercase God of any nation, has ever been able to save its people from our power? Name just one Hezekiah. What makes you think that the Lord can rescue Jerusalem? I mean, just taunting him here. Now, I don't want us to treat this story like some kind of Sunday school lesson. Listen, the Assyrians were a formidable, one of the most scary military mites that has ever existed. They loved to use psychological warfare, probably more than any other nation throughout history, against their enemy. Their favorite thing to do to their captives, skin them alive and throw those skins up on their city walls. They were known for when you would come into their cities for having pyramids of the heads of their enemies. Th- this was the kind of enemy you would rather die than been, be taken alive. You can put yourself in King Hezekiah's shoes here as he's hearing this powerful army is coming against him. It's quite the impossible situation. Listen to what this messenger goes on to say. He says, what are you trusting in, Hezekiah? What substitute is there for military skill and strength with your tiny, pathetic army? How can you think of challenging my master's army? I just want to take a time out here. This is an impossible situation for King Hezekiah. His, His army is no match for the Assyrians. What's your impossible situation this morning? Do you even know? Have you even thought about it? You know, what is your impossible situation and what is it that you want God to do? Well, listen to what King Hezekiah does. He says, after Hezekiah read the messenger's letter, he went up to the Lord's temple and he spread it before the Lord. He spread out this letter and put it before God. And so let me just take another time out here. Maybe that's what some of you need to do. Maybe some of you need to take that troublesome email or that doctor's report or that bank notice, that divorce notice. I I, I don't know what that might be for you, but you need to take it and you need to just lay it bare before God. Say, God, this is the situation. This is the problem. This is specifically what I'm dealing with. Listen, I am as guilty as anyone else of praying vague prayers. Vague prayers. Like, God, bless me. What does that even mean? This blessed me. I don't even know. So I'm just, God, be with me today. God's like, are you kidding? I'm always with you. Is that all you got? God wants us to be specific. Tell him what your challenge is. Tell him what your problem is. I love the prayer that Hezekiah prays. Listen to this. He says, it is true, Lord, The king of Assyria has destroyed all these nations just like the letter says. He has thrown their gods into fire and burned them, but of course he could destroy them. They were only idols of wood and stone shaped by human hands. He's saying, God, you are the one true God. You are Yahweh. You are not like the other gods, the lowercase gods. Then, verse 20, now, O Lord our God, rescue us from his power. I love that. Rescue us. Sometimes that's, that's, that's the prayer. It's just one word. Just rescue us, God. Save us. Help us. Rescue us from his power. Then all the kingdoms of earth will know that you alone are God. And he's saying, God, do this for your glory. Do this so the nations will see who you are and uh, here we are, right, 3,000 years later talking about King Hezekiah because God is going to answer this prayer. But I was reading the story, and I was trying to get to why, why does God intervene for King Hezekiah? Well, well, the answer is simple. I love this. Uh, Isaiah 37, 21, Isaiah comes to Hezekiah, and he says this, Because you prayed. Because you prayed, Hezekiah, God's about to move. Because you prayed, Hezekiah, God is about to do something. We go on to read, because you prayed, listen to this, the angel of the Lord went out to the Assyrian camp that night and killed 185,000 Assyrian troops. That is awesome. Gory. But if you are Hezekiah, that is awesome. When the survivors woke up the next morning, they found corpses everywhere. So they broke camp and they went home. Yeah, I guess they did. I would too. Friends, God showed up in an impossible situation for King Hezekiah. Why? Because he prayed. In fact, we we were told later uh, in, in Isaiah that Hezekiah gets sick and he has this terminal illness. Uh, and, and even the prophets are telling him he's going to die. He doesn't have much longer to live. But Hezekiah lifts up another prayer, and he says, God, you've seen my faithfulness. You, you know me. And he asks for God to give him more time. And we read this in Isaiah 38, 5. I have heard your prayer, and I've seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life. I mean, what a deal. 185,000 troops slaughtered, 15 more years. And as I was reading this, here was the question I started to to, to grapple with. Like, what if Hezekiah wouldn't have prayed? What if he would have just tried to rely on his military, you know, skill and and might? What if he wouldn't have prayed? I I think the story would have turned out very, very differently. And so as I read this, I see really two uh, major um, applications. And here's the first one. Tell God what you want. Tell tell God what it is that you want him to do. You know, stop being so vague with your prayers. Get specific. God, here is my need. Here's what I need you to do. And and just go to God and tell him what it is. There's nothing that God can't do. You know, there's not a sickness he can't heal. There's not a marriage he can't restore, a relationship he can't repair. There's not a sin he can't forgive. There's nothing that our God can't do. I love this story in Matthew where Jesus comes upon these two blind men. And, you know, these these two guys, they're, they're clearly blind. Yet, Jesus asks them a very almost comical question. What do you want me to do for you? This is the question he asks. You know, what, what is it that you want me to do? They're blind. It's pretty obvious, Jesus. They, they want to see. They, they, they're blind. But I think Jesus does that because he wants us to say it. He wants us to humble ourselves and ask and be specific. And they are. They say, Jesus, we want to see. And so in that moment, he gives them sight and their lives um, are forever changed. Uh, that's, that's because I believe our God, he wants us to humble ourselves and, and ask. There's nothing too big for him to do. Uh, maybe you've heard the story uh, of the boy who believed in God and, and believed that God would, would always come through for him. And so it's just to mess with him, uh, some people uh, had him, uh, rather than sleep in like a nice, comfortable bed, Uh, with with nice things. They took him into a barn that smelled like manure. And they said, this is where you're going to sleep tonight. Wanting to see how that would affect his belief in God. And the boy, when he smelled the manure, he said, whoa, with all this manure, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. Some of you right now are in a manure-like situation. You have a manure-like job or you're dealing with a manure-like relationship problem. Go to God and tell him what you want, because you might just find there's a pony in there somewhere. See what God might do when you go to him in prayer. Second application I see in this is that we got to go to God first. How many times when I have a problem, do I just panic, worry about it, Try to use all my skill and wisdom to tackle the problem, you know call up my resources, my relationships, and try to figure it out on my own i 'm just as guilty of that as anyone, but we see that hezekiah didn 't do that. He went to God first he, he went to God in in prayer, and the part of that is because you and I want to sit on the throne, and we 've got to realize we don 't belong on the throne. God is on the throne. He is the one who can ultimately answer our prayers, especially when the problem is impossible. He's the only one who can help us in those impossible situations. Uh, Many of you here at Edinburgh will remember last year when the fire suppression system went out on us. That's our sprinkler system in case there was ever a fire Done on the other wing, it went out on us, and when we got the first uh, quote for what it was going to cost to fix the fire suppression system, we were looking at anywhere between 120 to $160,000. So when we got that news, we were concerned, to put it lightly. The first thing we did was we called together, um, the board called together just a special board meeting, and we prayed. Yeah, you know, we didn't have a letter or anything at that point, but we just kind of put it out proverbially in the middle of the table. Said, "God, this is the situation. We don't have this kind of money as a church. What are we going to do? This is an impossible situation. We need your help because we want to con- continue doing ministry, and we don't want this to slow us down." Well, we prayed about it, talked about it, and then closed the meeting with more prayer. Uh, Many of you know now that the daycare just recently moved out. They moved out at the end of August, but originally the daycare was scheduled to move out at the end of December. But as December approached, the daycare, they didn't have any other place here in Brooklyn Park that they could go to. So we had that special board meeting where we prayed, Three days later, we get a call from the daycare saying, hey, if you will extend our stay here at Edinburgh, we will pay you three times more what we've been paying you. Three times more. Now, that still wasn't going to cover the entire cost, but we did a fundraiser here. Edinburgh, you helped raise $50,000. Can I just say thank you? Yeah, $50,000, Edinburgh. That was you. All right? I mean, it came down to that last week, and I was getting a little nervous, but you did it. $50,000. Then we got the final bill. The bill came in at around hundred grand, so cheaper than what we originally thought. And then with the daycare money, we were able to pay the rest of the price for that fire suppression system. Friends, are you seeing God in that? An impossible situation where we prayed three days later, we get a phone call? That's God. That's God. And and here's something you might want to write down if if you're taking notes this morning, because I truly believe this principle. And it's maybe a different perspective, but problems are opportunities for God to show his power. That's what problems are in your life. They are opportunities. Start looking at them as opportunities. Okay, God, here's the problem. Now show off. Show what you're able to do. I believe this. It is an opportunity for God to show his power and be glorified through our situation. I know some of you, you've never prayed, or maybe some of you, you've, you've stopped praying um, or haven't prayed much. What I want to do as we close this message today, I just want to give you four steps as we start this series for helping you to have a, a improve your prayer life, have a healthier prayer life. Okay, here's the first one. You've got to establish a time and a place to pray. This is very important. You've got to have a time. You've got to have a place to pray. Um, For me, this is at 6.30 to 7 o'clock every single morning on my couch. Uh, I get up and I, I pray, and I wouldn't miss that meeting for the world. That's where God speaks life into me. That's where God encourages me for the day. That's where God sometimes speaks to me and gives me wisdom for things that I need to do that day. Uh, this is not a very important meeting that I would not miss. I encourage you to find a time and a place that you can carve out where you can sit down and you can pray to God. Hezekiah went to the temple. It doesn't matter where you do it. It doesn't matter what time of day you do it, even though I would recommend the morning as you start your day. But you need to make sure you every day have a place that you can go, a time and a discipline in place where you pray to God. Okay, number two, you need to talk to God about whatever is on your heart. You need to let him know, here's what I'm dealing with. And just talk to God. Let him know your problems. Let him him know what's on your mind. If there's a struggle, if there's a relationship issue, Talk to him about it. Here's what I know. God loves each and every one of you. And he knows you by name. And when you love someone, you want to hear the details. God already knows everything about you, but he wants you to say it. He wants to come to you. He wants you to come to him and share the details because that's what you do in a relationship, a loving relationship. And he's, he's more after a relationship than you realize. So go to God and talk to, what, to him whatever is on your heart. Third, talk to God about whatever seems impossible. Some of you are facing an impossible situation right now. Be able to name that. Don't be vague. Be specific. God, this is my impossible situation. We, I need your help. Now, yes, sometimes God says no. And for reasons we don't always understand. But sometimes God says, not yet. It's not yet. It's not no. It's, it's I'm not going to do it right now. And we don't always understand that either. It might be to redirect us. It might be to do a work in our heart. It might mean so our dependency on him goes deeper. It might be to teach us something. Sometimes it's not yet. Your job is to continue to ask, to continue to pray. Go to him and tell him whatever is impossible right now in your life. Luke 137. I put that in your notes. Nothing is impossible with God. Let's let's believe that, church. Last one, you got to listen to God. Prayer goes two ways. It's not just about talking to God, it's about letting God talk to you. And that's why it's so important you have that time and that place, that quiet time where God can speak into your life, where he can encourage you. He might put a prompt something on your heart. Hey, you need to send an encouraging email or note to this person or call them up so that that relationship can can be healed. You never know what God might say to you, but some of you, you've never done that. You've never opened yourself up just to let God speak into your life. But listen, I will tell you this. There is nothing more exciting in the world than when the God who created you, loved you, and created all things speaks to you. My challenge would be, as you're driving to work this morning or wherever it is you go, what if you just turned off the radio, turned off the TV, and just created some space for God to speak into your life. I know that can be scary, and you need some wisdom to know, is that really from God? But I want to encourage us to start doing that. I know some of us hear, you know, this message about prayer this morning, and you say, Pastor, um, I've tried these things, and, and it hasn't happened. It, it just it hasn't worked. And I know, for some of you, the, your financial situation didn't get better. Uh, The divorce still happened. The baby didn't come. and I don't know why those things happen. I wish I did. I I don't know. Uh, The reality is, friends, we live in a fallen and broken world. This is not our home. And sometimes bad things just happen, even to good people. And if you take healing, for example, I do believe God can heal immediately. I've seen it. But sometimes He doesn't heal immediately. Sometimes He heals gradually. And it takes time, and He uses doctors and He uses medicine. But sometimes God heals ultimately. A good friend of ours, Callie, um, and I prayed for her for two years every single day, did prayer meetings almost monthly. And God didn't take away the cancer. And around the age of 30, she she died. But here's what I know. God healed her ultimately because she was a believer in Jesus Christ. And someday we're all going to die. And if we have that relationship with Jesus Christ, we will be healed ultimately. We will go see Jesus face to face, and there won't be any more tears. There won't be any more pain, and there won't be any more sickness. We will be healed ultimately. So I don't understand why God doesn't always answer our prayers here on earth, but here's what I want to leave us with. Yes, sometimes prayers go unanswered, but friends, if you were able to get out of bed this morning and if you were able to get to church, you are experiencing a miracle. Uh, we don't always see the big miracles and the over-the-top prayers being answered. But if you were able to get to church this morning and have life in you to come and worship this morning, you are experiencing a miracle. Jesus came into my life when I was 17 years old and changed my, the direction of my life forever. That is a miracle. And if you are a follower of Jesus, you've experienced that miracle as well. It's a, it's, a, it's a miracle. I, I found a, a spouse who loves me when I thought I would be unlovable and that I would never be able to find someone who could love me for who I, who I, am, who I am because of the things that I had done in my past. <laughs> you know, I have a wife who loves me, puts up with me. And then years later, you know, we're, we're, we're having kids, we're having twins, and I'm in the delivery room and I'm looking around as this doctor is walking around carrying Logan and Michaela around like they're delivering a pizza. And I'm like, this is a miracle. Life is a miracle. This church is a miracle. Go back to the 1950s when 30 people gathered and started praying and said, God, we want to reach our community for Christ. And and from 30 people now, we're roughly 1,000 people in this building. Why? Because they prayed. And because somebody prayed for you and because someone prayed for me. And so even though the, 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 we don't always see the over-the-top prayers being answered, don't forget that if you are here this morning and able to worship God, you are living a miracle part of this church. Friends, I want to encourage you, next week we're going to dive even deeper into this topic of prayer. But this morning, I want to carve out some time as we close just so that we can take communion together. And so we're going to pass the bread and we're going to pass the cup. You eat and you drink whenever you're ready. And if you've never taken communion with us, I want you to understand what communion is all about. The cracker that you're going to hold in your hand, it's fitting because this cracker has holes in it. it. Represents Jesus being crucified on the cross for the forgiveness of our sin. It has no yeast in it, and that's symbolic because it represents that Jesus—he was the perfect sacrifice. He—he he was sinless, and he lived that way so he could be the righteous sacrifice for you and me. And then the juice that you're going to hold—that's his blood being poured out, because he loves you, and he wanted you to be made right with God. And here's something very important for us: don't take prayer for granted. I want to give you time to come to God this morning and pray, and I want you to remember this. It's because of that broken body and that shed blood that you and I are told we can come confidently before God and we can make our prayers known to the God of all creation. One more verse. Ephesians 3.12, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence where we know our prayers will be heard. Make your prayers heard this morning, church, remembering it is all because of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice he made. That God hears us, loves us, And calls us his children, whom he loves to give good gifts to. Receive that this morning. Amen. All right, church, let me pray for us. Ask our host team to go ahead and get ready. Oh, Heavenly Father, you are so good. You are so good. Let's not take you for granted, this relationship we have with you for granted. Let us not take Jesus and the sacrifice he made 2,000 years ago for granted. Our prayers will be heard this morning because of Jesus. Father, I know there are some of us in here who are hurting, who are facing an impossible situation. Give them clarity on what that is that they might name it this morning and bring that to you. And I'm going to pray as we begin to be a church that prays more and more and more together, we will begin to see more and more miracles, and we will begin to see you show up through our problems and show off your power for us and for the world around us to see so that you get the glory because of the God you are. Lord, use us in that way. (laughs) We submit to that. We allow that. We say, God, we will even accept those problems because we know you will work through them for your glory and more people will come into your kingdom and receive the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for this time we have together. We pray this in his name. Amen. Hey, Pastor Brent here. Thanks for watching this Edinburgh Church message. We hope you found it encouraging, inspiring, and because of the message of Jesus Christ, ultimately, life-giving. Hey, it's because of people just like you that we are able to do this ministry, which is why I want to encourage you to consider becoming a part of the Edinburgh Church Foundation, meaning to become a financial supporter of this ministry. I believe it is the greatest investment we can make, seeing lives eternally changed. Uh, you can do that by giving it a one-time gift or even better, becoming an ongoing supporter. All you got to do is go to Edinburghchurch.org and look for the Give tab in the top right corner. Thanks again for watching.